Hi there, and welcome to episode five of the T21 Mom podcast. My name is Mary, and I will be your host. Each episode, we will talk about life, Down syndrome, mamahood, single parenting, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley, and she's six years old and rockin' an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome, and I am living life my way. Today, my friend Ron joins me. He's the one who suggested I do a podcast. He tells me he's learned so much about Down syndrome just from our informal coffee chats and my Facebook posts. Welcome, Ron. Hey, Mary. How's it going? I'm doing not too bad. Pretty close to awesome. Pretty close to awesome? Yeah. (laughs) Still got that cough going on? Oh, yeah. The allergies. (laughs) They don't want to go away. All right. So this is one of those shows today that is a little bit different. And suppose you tell me what we're doing today. Well, a few days ago... I spoke with a lady named Kelsey who I met at the Rockin' Mums retreat and she's got a pretty amazing story about adopting not one but two amazing rockin' little boys and I'm really excited to share that story and our listeners today. All right so and here's that interview. I am so excited for today's episode as I have a woman that I met at the Rockin' Mums Retreat last year in Phoenix joining us today. Her name is Kelsey and she's joining us through Facebook Messenger, so that might be why she sounds a little bit far away, but she has a pretty amazing stories about adopting, adopting two rockin' kiddos with Down syndrome. So welcome, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me, Mary. Oh, you're welcome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your amazing family? Well, I've been married for 21 years, and we have eight biological children, ranging in age from 21 to Mm 5. And then we have two little guys that we've adopted with Down syndrome. So 10 total. 10 kiddos. Wow, you're busy. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, was it ever in your family's plan to adopt and then like to even to adopt a child with special needs no not at all so like what happened like I know a little bit about the story about Bennett because when we were when we met in the airport and we drove to the hotel in the uber you're in the front seat I don't know if you knew but I'm sitting in the back seat crying as you're telling me this story I go I can't believe this this is so amazing so why don't you share like how you came to adopt Ben. Yeah. Well, um, at the time we were living in Alaska, my husband had work in Alaska and I kept hearing from multiple people that there was such a need for foster care. And, um, I had never considered doing foster care, but we knew we were done having children biologically and we weren't really considering adopting. Um, but we signed up, um, I, and I signed up and specifically said, I just want babies. So I'll just love on the babies till their mamas can get their act together and get their baby back. Um, And so our first call was for a baby with down syndrome. They said, we have a newborn with down syndrome and he's drug addicted and we need a home for him. And so we said, you know, we, we said, well, let let us think about it and call you back. And (laughs) I had had a friend who had a little boy named Jack with Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. and I remember whenever I'd be around her, I was so in love with Jack, I would kind of joke with her that I needed a Jack of my own. (laughs) And so, 
anyway, so, you know, I called my husband, said there's this little baby. And he said, you know, you're going to be the one doing most of the care. So you say, if you want to say yes, say yes. If you don't want to say yes, say no. So I called back and said, yeah, we'll take him. Wow. So how old was Ben when you got him? So he was nine days old. Oh, brand new. Uh, yeah, brand new. Wow. And so you started off as fostering. And then, so then how did it turn into like adoption? Well, right away, um, we got him and his mom, his bio mom was supposed to come for a visit mm -hmm. and they said, oh, she said she'd be there. Um, well, she never came mm -hmm. and he was a birth diagnosis, so right. she didn't know. Um, so I'm sure that was a bit traumatic for her to, to find that out. And she was struggling with some life choices. So she never came to the visit and we didn't know at the time who bio dad was. So we just take this baby and for the first four months, it's like he's our own. Right. Um, I was at the time I was weaning our two year old mm -hmm. from breastfeeding. And so I thought, well, I knew they had, I knew kids with down syndrome can struggle with immune issues. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to try to breastfeed him. Wow. And he took to breastfeeding right away. And I was kind of amazed. And I didn't find out until later when you adopt, you get a full disclosure that his bio mom had actually strictly breastfed him for six days in the hospital. Really? Wow. So it was no wonder that he was able to latch because I know a lot of kids with Down syndrome can't latch mm -hmm. uh, ever. Yeah. And so I was kind of surprised. Yeah. So, um, so I get this little guy in a breastfeeding, right? So I'm super attached. And <laughs> Then I thought, well, I better even ask permission to breastfeed. And so I did. <laughs> and they said no. And I, I had never asked. They said, we've never even gotten this question. But because at the time that I was asking, they didn't know where the bio mom was. And they didn't know who the bio dad was. They said, we can't give you permission to do this. And so I had to stop. Is um, that because they have to then go and ask the bio mom, even though the child's in foster care, they have to ask if, if it's okay for the child to be breastfed? exactly yeah oh, okay and so they just said we can't we can't let you do this and so so I had to stop breastfeeding for a time and then shortly thereafter they find the bio dad and so at the very first visit well they said if if you know if we find these bio parents and you can ask them you can have breast milk if they say it's okay and so you know we meet the bio dad at the first visit and the first thing I ask him is can I give this kid breast milk <laughs> <laughs> Such an odd question, I think, to be asking the dad, right? <laughs> yeah, and so he said yes, and um, so anyway, at this time, you know, by now it's been a, about a bit of time, and so I wasn't able to get him back to breastfeeding. But the community of women I was in, in the playgroup donated oh. their milk for him, which was amazing. I'm forever grateful. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. like amazing that that all came together and so yeah. then so then what happened from there like so how old was Ben by that point when you when you kind of had some interactions with the bio dad so he was four months old and right away we started hearing from the social worker that even though the dad had had a lot of struggles in his past and also not made great life choices that they were going to go ahead and place him back in dad's home oh. And at this point, I mean, we're all super attached and just totally devastated. And they told us, we're going to do this fast. We're going to transition him very quickly. And so it, they said, sit your kids down and tell them because he's, it's not going to take long. 
And so we did. And it was like a death in the family. I mean, the kids were just devastated, totally devastated. And, you know, I was really struggling because I knew I, I was kind of sitting in judgment, to be honest, um, mm -hmm. toward this dad and some of the life choices he had made and was currently making. Mm -hmm. And one night I was just sitting in my tears. My inner voice said, if you want to be in this boy's life, you need to love his dad. And so wow. it was like a huge turning point for us. Mm -hmm. So we right away just started inviting the dad to the movies, to dinner, to coffee, to the park, just really opened him, you know, welcomed him with open arms. And, and um, did he come like, to, did he respond to your invites? Like, did he come for dinner and go to the movies and things did. with you? He did? He did. He did. Yeah. Wow. And it was pretty great because we actually kind of fell in love with his bio dad. I mean, he's just a really precious person. And so fast forward like two months and we just keep thinking this, he's going to go back. And I had already told the bio dad, I'll babysit him anytime you want. We'll take him on weekends, like whatever <laughs> we can do to relieve, you know, your workload, we'll do it. And, um, he was coming even to some therapy appointments and to mm -hmm. some other medical appointments. One day we showed up for a visit with the bio dad, you know, nothing was really different than any other day. And we showed up and the dad said, I have something I really need to talk to you about. Oh gosh. Um, and you're probably thinking like the worst, I'm assuming. Well, to be honest, I was because at this point he was living with his older sister who was fully capable of taking care of Ben. And oh. that's exactly what I thought. I thought he's going to tr try to get him sooner to her house and so I was sick to my stomach and that's not what he said at all he said I thought long and hard about this and he said I you know he was raised in the foster system mm -hmm. um, didn't have a good experience and he said I wish I could have been raised in a home like yours and that's what I want for myself and I just I just bawled my eyes out I was totally overcome mm -hmm. and so he said will you adopt him Oh my gosh. Like it was pretty incredible. You know, and was he like in the process of turning his life around, do you think, at that point? I think he was trying to make healthier choices, mm -hmm. but I think he was not given really great life skills. And so I think he was kind of a product of what happened in his life. And so I don't know, you know, how sustainable that was long term for him, but mm -hmm. I was willing to have him in our life regardless. Right. In fact, we said, you know, we'll, we'll stay in Alaska if you want us to, we'll, we'll let you visit any time. And we, we kind of just made it like it can be this really open thing. And so we were really surprised when he decided to just sign away all of his rights to us. Wow. Yeah. And you have to think like having sort of the difficult life that he had, that he made like the ultimate sacrifice essentially like and decision to for his child to have a better life and a better shot than what he knew that he could offer to Ben yeah that's kind of what blew me away really is because sometimes there was a little he was lacking a little bit of emotional maturity and so to make a choice like that for his son felt truly like the ultimate sacrifice the most he saw it as the most loving best life and so, yeah, it was absolutely a selfless thing to do. And I think, too, I've had to, 
come to grips with the fact that he doesn't want us in his life. Mm, Uh, And at first I was like wanting to send pictures all the time and info. And, and then I just realized, you know, that might not be, that might be really challenging for him. That might not be what's best for him personally. And so he's chosen to not be in his life. And I just, I totally respect that. And if he ever changes his mind, we would be, you know, open arms, welcoming him into our life. So I know that you've moved since from Alaska. So then you don't have any, you haven't had any contact with him then. We haven't. He has my phone number mm-hmm. and he can text anytime, but no, we did. We moved and we, we told him that we were going to move to Washington state and he was, he thought that was great. And we had one last visit. I flew from Washington to Alaska right after Ben was one. And mm-hmm. then that was the last time we saw him. Okay, so that, and was that around the time that he basically rescinded his rights to Ben? Like Ben was about a year? He had actually already signed over all of his rights to us when Ben was about nine months old, but it takes so long Mm -hmm. in the foster system to complete the adoption that he had legal visitation rights until Ben was adopted, and Ben ended up adopted until he was like 21 months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and then, so how old was Ben when you were like finally able to adopt him? So he was 21 months at his adoption. Um, and it was on my birthday. It just fell right on my birthday. What a great gift. Right. Like, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more on that day. That's... Yeah. And they said, you know, we could do this by phone. We could do it telephonically. But Paul and I just felt like it was best to fly back to Alaska we invited his physical therapist and people from the Down syndrome play group and just friends who had really loved us and supported us through the whole thing. And so anyway, the three of us flew back to Alaska and then our kids were able to be via Skype in the courtroom yeah. for the adoption. And it was amazing. Oh, that is amazing. It just, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Like how, how awesome is that? And then, and like, and has there been any contact with the birth mom at all or? Not at all. Um, yeah, nope. She, I guess, changed her numbers and, you know, and I, you know, I've never met her, but knowing that she breastfed him for six days in the hospital, I truly believe that she loved him and yeah. that he probably knew her own capabilities. And once she knew he had Down syndrome, I think she probably recognized that that was probably more than she could handle. And so I respect that too. You know, I don't, I don't know her, but I love her because she birthed my son and I love him. What's really cool that I didn't know is when you adopt, you're issued a brand new birth certificate. Mm-hmm. So Bennett's birth certificate says that I birthed him in Alaska. Oh, oh I love <laughs> um, it. Yeah. Like, so it's a whole new life. Yeah. That's just so amazing. I just love that story. And you know, here you already have this huge family and they're all there to just envelope him in love, like surround him in love. And I could just totally feel it and see it from you. And that's just so wonderful. And, um, and so like, how has Ben doing? I know he had some surgery on his eyes and he's looking awesome. And like, does he have any other health issues or? Not really, no. And his eye surgeries were just a birth defect unrelated to Down syndrome. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's had four eye surgeries, and he'll have one more next fall, mm-hmm. and that will correct the deformity of his eyes. 
And other than that, he was born with a perfect heart. Awesome. Um, yeah, he hasn't really had any kind of major health problems. Oh, that's so good to hear. And so, and how old is he now? Uh, he'll be three in two months. Three. Wow. Oh, that's just the sweetest. And so, his first steps like a week ago. <laughs> yes, I saw on Instagram, and we will give yeah. out um, a shout to their Instagram page at the end of the show. That's like that's so sweet. I I remember when Ainsley finally f- took her first steps. It's it's a big deal. Like it's a big celebration because they work so hard. Yeah. So, oh, that is so awesome. And and I I see your other kids are you know just totally engaged with them. Like how how did they feel about having? a child like one I guess adopting but also a child with Down syndrome adding being added to their family you know my kids have really amazed me because not only do they love Ben as if he came from my womb I mean he is not he's not treated any differently mm-hmm. other than he might be slightly more spoiled because <laughs> everyone's so in love yeah um, but they're all in, you know, I mean, they are huge advocates for Down syndrome. My kids don't think twice about correcting people when they use inappropriate verbiage. My daughter in college was asked to do a presentation on a marginalized people group. And she chose people with Down syndrome and kind of took the angle of also the percentage of children with Down syndrome who are aborted when you know, when they are still in the womb Mm -hmm. and her teacher told her in the beginning, I don't know. I think that's a really risky topic. I don't, I don't know how well I'm going to support this just so you know. And um, her teacher said, I was looking a little more for like supporting people in the LGBTQ community and that kind of thing. And my daughter just said, well, I'm a huge Down syndrome advocate. That's the route I'm going. And it went so well. She ended up asking her if she could save her presentation to show classes in the future. So it's just been amazing to see what, how this has affected our family in a positive way and how we just didn't even know what it was like to be fully engaged with somebody with special needs, mm-hmm. what that even looks like, or the differently abled people that we are surrounded by. And so it has truly changed us and made us better humans. Oh, I have to, even just for myself personally, I have to 100% agree with that, right? Like it just changes your whole outlook on life and people and and how you treat people and especially you know as you said differently abled people so I just I oh I just love that that's such a great story and that your kids are just so fully engaged and then in comes Finn so (laughs) so we're going from a family of eight now nine and then we got one more so I don't really know too much. I mean, I know what happened, like kind of what happened, but let's share like, so we're at the rock and mums retreat, which was amazing. And that was that, that was your first retreat, right? Yes. And it was amazing. Yes. I have to agree. It was my first as well. And we're going to talk about the retreat because I keep bringing it up in different episodes in a later podcast, because I think it needs to be dedicated to a whole episode. So you come back from this amazing retreat. I was on such a high as I'm sure you were. And then what happened? So while I was at the retreat, I attended an adoption breakout session so I could meet other moms who had adopted. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you adopt someone with Down syndrome, there is this little piece of feeling slightly separate. Mm -hmm. For example, when you're in playgroups and people are talking about how they went through the grieving process, 
I can't relate to that because my only grieving process was when I thought I was going to lose him. Right. Right. So I want to do a tend to breakout session and meet an even smaller subgroup of my tribe. Right. Mm -hmm. So I go and I meet two ladies in particular who have adopted um, and now have two children with down syndrome. And I think it was kind of the seed that was planted because I was really inspired by them. And it, it wasn't like I even left thinking I'm adopting another child with down syndrome. And I wasn't thinking that, <laughs> but I really did love the breakout. Session. So I, I come home, I'm on a high it's five days after I've returned home and it's like nine o'clock at night on a Friday night. And I get a text from this dear friend that I've known for 15 years who says, are you interested in adopting another baby with down syndrome? <laughs> and uh, my first thought is like, my first thought honestly was like, no way. Like <laughs> that sounds like a lot. Right? <laughs> um, and then my initial second reaction was like, okay, I need to know a little bit more about this baby. Cause maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I asked a little more and the situation with Finn is that he was born to a mom who was also struggling with some life choices and she had already decided to give him up for adoption and he'd already had a family selected for him and then he was born and he was born with down syndrome and when that family heard the diagnosis they backed out wow mm -hmm. and so they did another family and th you know kind of through a series of sort of telephone right if you will uh, my friend heard about this baby and said you know what i know this family and he'd be perfect with them. Let me just <laughs> And so that was a Friday night. And Paul and I had already planned a little getaway for that weekend that we were leaving for early Saturday morning. And so we went ahead and went. And we got back late Sunday night. And Monday morning, we had an attorney. And at 4 o'clock on Monday, we met our son. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I didn't even realize it was like that soon after getting back from the retreat. I just thought you had just heard the five days after <laughs> oh <laughs> that's just crazy yeah that's it was crazy so because I I recall you saying one of the things that concerned you and I don't know if this was a decision factor for you but I think they said uh that Finn would go into the foster system if he wasn't placed is that correct that is true Yes, he was born drug addicted and also um, his bio mom chose not to hold him or see him after birth because she thought it would be really hard. Mm -hmm. And so for both of those reasons, he would have been put into foster care for abandonment and also, you know, not being safe. And so, um, yes, that would have happened. And he was also not born in our state. And so we couldn't have even taken him as a foster baby because he was born in a different state. Oh, so that just adds a whole other layer of complexity to the whole situation. Right. And so did you go to that state to go and meet Finn or how did that happen? No. So that was the other amazing thing is he, he shortly after birth, um, they knew something was wrong and he was life flighted to the hospital in our city because it has an <laughs> children's hospital. Okay. And so he was legally a child of another state, but he was placed in our state, in our city. And he had what's called a duodenal web where his um, intestines were almost completely closed off. Right. And so he needed surgery. 
And so when we met him, he hadn't had his surgery yet, but he was in the NICU. Yeah. And so, yeah. So we, I mean, you know, the hospital is like 40 minutes from our house. So we were able to just go and meet him and be with him every day. Oh my gosh. And so when you met him, had you already made the decision? Like at what point, like, was it when you and Paul went away that you guys, I'm assuming talked about it? Should we adopt another child? It's another child with Down syndrome. When did you come to the decision that we're going to do this? Well, that Friday night that he was born, as soon as I, you know, got done texting my friend, my girls were like, mom, what is it? What is it? They could tell by that's why I told them and they just start squealing like cackling teenage girls do. <laughs> and you gotta get this baby, you know? So I thought for sure that Paul would say, oh my goodness, no way. And so he goes, what is it? And I say, there's this baby with Down syndrome and they, he need, they need an adoptive home for him. <laughs> the first thing he said was, well, let's go meet him. And I was like, are you serious? And so we called a family meeting and everyone was home. Even our, our 21 year old son was home that night because he doesn't live with us and we took a family boat and we talked about what that would look like mm-hmm. and it wasn't unanimous there was one we made it anonymous it within the family but there was one no vote and that person came to us later and said I just said no because I feel like mom is tired and needs a break <laughs> <laughs> So that person said, though, I'm so glad we we did adopt. And so we took a family meeting. We went away for the weekend, just the two of us, talked a ton about it. And then come Monday morning, we thought we could just go meet him and that kind of thing. And it turns out we had to take legal, legal guardianship of him to even visit him in the hospital. Wow. And so we just thought, well, what what would change our mind seeing him? Like, that wouldn't change our mind. And we were just feeling like we were supposed to be his parents. So we hired an attorney and that attorney basically went and had mom sign over her rights to us that day. And so when we met him, we were already his legal guardians. And so Finn is what, three days old at this point when you met him? Um, it, four, four days four. old. Yeah. Wait, I mean, let's see. Well, he was born Friday. This was Monday. So yeah. So four days it's like all the stars aligned and it was just meant to be, don't you think? For sure it was meant to be. And what's interesting is having not adopted before and Ben's adoption taking 21 months, it was so fast because when you adopt privately, it's very quick. And so he was discharged from the hospital on a Thursday or Friday and he was adopted Tuesday. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So like... Not even a week and a half after you found out about Finn. Oh, no. He was in the NICU for five weeks. Oh, sorry. So, okay. Yeah. So after his surgery, I mean, it was pretty complicated. And he has he has some other health problems that Ben doesn't have. Mm-hmm. He has a small ASD. Yeah. And he has kidney reflux. Mm-hmm. And he's also deaf in one ear. And so anyway, he was there for five weeks. And we were there with him every single day. And the kids could took turn visiting and we just made it work. Our family literally just pulled together so that I could at least be at the hospital as much as possible every day. And then, yeah, five weeks later, he was adopted. <laughs> that is incredible. I just like, I'm practically speechless because it's such an amazing story that, you know, that you guys just stepped up when nobody else would. 
just for love and you'd already had experience with Ben and you thought we can do this and and all eight of your kids well and I'm and I'm sure Ben would have voted yes as well but <laughs> <laughs> who were all in and I think like that's incredible I just you know, I, I just love hearing stories like this. And and then when you did mention about at the retreat that you'd gone to the breakout session and that how you didn't have that grieving that the rest of us who, who like I had a prenatal diagnosis, I never thought of that. Like that never occurred to me that because you're, you already know that you're getting a child with Down syndrome. So there's nothing to grieve, I guess. But I hadn't thought of it that way. And so I, you know, thank you for enlightening to me, me to that and and I just you know I just really want to thank you for sharing your stories about your two amazing rockin kiddos and obviously your kids obviously love having both Ben and Finn and it's like big heart love family like it's amazing like is uh who gets spoiled the most <laughs> they're both very spoiled and I have four teenage daughters so they are rarely <laughs> down <laughs> <laughs> I know I love all the cute little hats that Finn is always wearing because Ainsley absolutely refuses to wear any hats or headbands or anything so I just I love all your pictures so so if people would like to see your two rocking kiddos they can follow you on Instagram yeah and it's bf so for Ben Finn underscore bros b-r-o-s correct is that right that's right yeah and um, actually just a few other things I wanted to talk about is how do you think like adoption is kind of specifically, I guess, special needs adoption changed your family? Well, definitely the piece about us just not knowing. We were kind of ignorant to what it's like to live with somebody that special, has special needs and mm -hmm. also be a community advocate for people who can't advocate for themselves. So that that's a huge piece of it. And also, we just didn't know a lot about Down syndrome. So it's been fascinating to be in a community. It's very, what's weird for me is that I did feel a little bit like I was less of a parent having not birthed either of them, you know, or, or Ben <laughs> when I the retreat. I, I kind of felt like, well, I adopted, so it's not the same. But what's kind of weird is I truly felt, feel like I've found my tribe in mm -hmm. women who have a child with Down syndrome. And our kids all can't really imagine their life without these boys. I mean, they are the missing puzzle piece in our family for sure. That's amazing. And I don't think anyone at the retreat would think differently of an adoptive mama as opposed to us who, who birthed our rocking kiddos. Because in some ways, I actually think it's more amazing because like, I mean, I had a prenatal diagnosis. Many people have a birth diagnosis, but you guys had a choice very specifically to, you know, like to take uh, Ben and to take Finn. Whereas a lot of us, we don't ha necessarily have that choice. You know, not saying that we would necessarily choose differently, but, you know, you knew at the outset exact well maybe not necessarily what you're getting into because I don't think any of us really know <laughs> right <laughs> typical or not but you know you you had a time like well pretty short time I guess for that so I you know I don't think anyone 
I, I can't imagine anyone would think differently of some of adoptive mamas. I, I just think, cause I, I do follow different moms on Facebook who have adopted. And I just think it's so amazing. They all have their stories. Like you have your amazing story. And I mean, cause most people I'm sure thought you must be crazy. You already have eight kids and now you're adding one with special needs. And then a year or two later, you're adding another one. So like, I think big families, I, I love big families. I mean, I, I had three brothers, so we were a family of four, kind of big, not as big as yours, but like, how do you manage all the needs of your family? Because obviously, yeah, I know you have some older kids, so they're more independent, but now you have uh, your younger kids like Ben and Finn, who's do have some more needs than your typical kids. So like, how do you, how do you juggle it? I, I mean, it sounds like your teenage daughters probably do some of the help or help with some of the things, but how do you do it? Well, it has been really helpful that therapy comes to our home. So they're right. in speech therapy, speech and feeding, physical therapy, and occupational therapy. So that's tremendous. They come to our home to do all the therapies. I have been accused of being highly organized before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I... That's, yeah, that's kind of out of necessity, but also it's kind of my personality type. So I do think I was a bit cut out for a large family, mm -hmm. although I never set out to have a large family. <laughs> and so I think... And I think we just pull together. And I think the difference too is that when you have kids with special needs, th there's kind of a soft spot for all of us with them. And so it's like, I think where my kids would possibly be a little bit lazy or a little less likely to help with a typical kid, mm -hmm. they just want to jump right in with the boys. And so I think, I think that's how we manage. I think it is definitely a team effort. I really couldn't do it without my kids. They mm -hmm. are amazing. And, and truly the Down syndrome community too. I mean, they're a huge support. So that's, I just love hearing it. That's so awesome. And I mean, like they say, it takes a village, which, you know, you have a small village at home to help, which is great. But like just the example of your daughter, you know, she felt so strongly about what she was going to talk about that. And she basically disregarded what the instructor had said and, and look at how it, positive it turned out that the instructor wants to use that presentation. And, you know, and I just think it's a testament that people don't know enough about our kiddos and your daughter's going out there teaching other people that our kids, they have value and they have a place in our society. And we want people to know about our kids and how amazing they are. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I saw something really cool on your Facebook that <laughs> you got some mini mules. And so can you explain like why you got them? And I mean, I think I know, but why you got them and what you're using them for? <laughs> yes. So we were kind of looking into getting mini horses because it is very helpful to do, I think it's called hippotherapy or yes. horse therapy in mm -hmm. kids with Down syndrome. It's really great for their core hip stability just all around strength and balance and so I was asking my neighbor who's this amazing lady who knows tons about horses and she said I'll kind of keep my ears open and then she found these mini mules who have been ridden and they came with a saddle and <laughs> it was perfect so um, yeah we were really grateful to get this house with some land when we mm -hmm. left Alaska and so we have the space for them and so yeah, we now own uh, Blossom and Buttercup, our mini mules. <laughs> Blossom and Buttercup, <laughs> I love it. So does Ben have his 
own blossom or do you guys switch between them or how do you choose who gets which which mule well we've only had them for two weeks yeah. and so we're still leading them and befriending them um so that they want our children to ride them because they you know they've had other children riding them so no actually blossom is significantly more friendly than buttercup she can be a bit of a kicker so <laughs> I think we'll we'll probably go with Blossom as soon as Ben is ready. We're we're trying to help acclimate him to her. Of course, yeah. He's a little afraid to pet her at this point, so Aww. it's a process. Yeah. Oh, but, for um, sure. He'll share. Yeah, and and like and share like how it goes on Facebook because I really I've been thinking about the hippotherapy for a while with Ainsley, but it's also like I'd have to probably drive a distance to get there. But I've heard amazing things about it, so. I'd be, I'm sure lots of people would be very interested in, in how that goes and how cool is that to have too many mules? I didn't even know there was such a thing. So that it's just <laughs> like, I think that's so cool. And so do you guys have any plans to adopt any more kiddos? No, I can't <laughs> say with quite certainty that I think that's definitely my limit. I think so. <laughs> and I always sort of envisioned that Paul and I would be retired and we'd be like, traveling around the u.s and then ben would be in tow thinking poor him that all of his typical siblings went off and did typical things and he got stuck with us so now i imagine us traveling around with these two besties you know who both have down syndrome ben and finn best friends forever yeah and i hope it's that way i hope it's that way for them you know i i think it will be i mean they've got into a great family and you know i just I just love your story and I'm so grateful that you were able to come on and to share that story. And as we were talking earlier, you can follow you guys on Instagram at, uh, so it's Ben and Finn's actual Instagram is BF underscore bros. And Ron is asking me about pictures of the mini mules. <laughs> Well, you've got video on your Facebook. Did you, is it on your Instagram? No, but I will add them. Per oh. Ron's request, I will put the mini mules on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, because I think he's curious as to what that looks like. So, yeah. yeah and, and, and we'll also put the, uh, the Instagram link uh, in the show notes for this show. So that people, okay. yeah, because I think it would be awesome to, for you to get some followers and for them, to, for people to see you know, Ben and Finn grow up. And as you said, like BF, best friends forever, Ben and Finn. So I, I love it. And I just really thank you so much, Kelsey, for coming on and, and sharing your amazing stories of adoption, you know, and, and perhaps that might inspire other people to adopt outside the, um, the norm, I guess. You know, most of us are looking for, you know, when we adopt typical kiddos and, here you've shown that you can you can look outside the box and you've got two amazing rocking kiddos and I loved how you said that at this year's retreat you'll now have two kids on your name tag and I can't wait so I can't wait to I see can't you care. yeah I can't wait to see you either and thank you so much for inviting me to do this it was truly my pleasure oh I'm so happy that you were able to come on and you know to share your story and we will for sure have like a glass or maybe a few more than just one glass of wine at the retreat. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> well, give uh, all your kids a big hug, but especially Ben and Finn. And I look forward to seeing more of them on Instagram and your Facebook posts and 
and just uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the retreat. Thanks, Mary. I'll tell you, Mary, Kelsey has one of the most interesting stories that I've heard in all my years in helping people tell stories. I just, I, like literally I was sitting there just thinking what a huge heart this family must have to take this on. I know it's incredible, isn't it? And I know you just are more mostly interested in seeing pictures of those mini meals, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure Kelsey will have on her Instagram. But I'm also look, really looking forward to sharing more amazing and interesting stories with our listeners that are hopefully just as compelling as Kelsey's. And I, I'm sure we'll be able to find some. Well, I'm looking forward to those because this is, this is as much a journey for me as it is, you know, for all these people that are living it, because this is like special needs and things is a, is a, is a whole different world from what I'm used to. We're out there just trying to enlighten the world. So where are we going next? I think in episode six, we are going to talk about work life balance. Okay. And what it is or what we think it is. And how it actually works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode five of the T21 Mom podcast, and I would love to hear from you. What things are important to you as you navigate this journey? How are you doing things your way? Drop us a line at our email at info at t21mom.com, and t21mom is all one word, and let us know what's going on in your life. Keep on loving on your rocking kiddos, and we will see you next time. See you, Mary. Bye, Ron. Bye.